What is up, all of you Ugnaughts and Jawas out there, and welcome to Mando Talk, your home for the Mandalorian Season 3 breakdown, spoiler discussions, after shows, and we have made it to the finale. And of course, I am your host, Caleb Keller, breaking this down, and joining me is none other than DJ Foster, at Texan on Twitter. DJ, welcome back. Good to be back. Good to be back. We got an interesting one to talk about. Indeed. A, indeed. A very interesting, for me, I'll just go ahead and say it, satisfying episode to discuss. Very entertaining. Very energetic. Very action-packed. A little short. That's fine. That's okay. There's some nitpicks maybe here and there, but overall, I loved my viewing of this. DJ, let's just get it out of the way. What were your overall impressions, reactions? Well, I didn't give it uh, like a 9 or 10 out of 10. Okay. I'm yeah. somewhere in the 7 to 8 range. Um, okay. But, you know, honestly, this is such a fun episode. Like, it, it did all of the things like I, I kind of expected it to do, minus the uh, ridiculous fan theorizing that I had going on. And sure. so did and many others, I'll admit. Oh, oh. Every everyone online was talking about who's the yeah. spy? Who's the yeah. spy? Yeah. There's and no spy. <laughs> I, I want to formally apologize to the armorer. I am so yeah, sorry. I think we all, I think everyone <laughs> out there owes an apology to the armor. We armorer. do. We do. And on top of that, Axe Woves. Axe Woves, too. Dude, yeah, he got thrown under the bus. Axe Woves delivered in this yes. episode. Yes. That, delivered. He was, he had one of my favorite moments of yeah. the whole episode. And I know we'll get to it, but for sure. For I sure. think my favorite thing that came out of this episode was about a week or two ago, Katie Sackoff put on her Instagram story a picture of her in the Bo-Katan, uh, but she had on like just like a t-shirt and then like the pants. Yeah. And her knees, the r- costume was ripped up from knee slides. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anybody really talk about that much. And then today I saw another post about it. Somebody said it just said knee slides. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh, so. We- yeah, we got some we got some knee slides. A lot of good we got, knee slides. We got yeah. we got a couple of knee slides actually, and it was mm-hmm. it, it was good fun for me. And yeah. I can't wait, like you said, I can't wait to break this down scene by scene. And of course, you know, it is the finale, so you would think you would think that this is our last companion podcast for the season, but it's not, folks. We You'd got one more. <laughs> we got one more great podcast episode coming out next week that you definitely want to check out and here's why number one it's going to be more so just open discussion all spoilers not necessarily like scene by scene breakdown like it's just it's going to go where we want it to go essentially shooting from the hip yeah shooting from the hip and it's going to be me and dj of course but as well Zach Horvath, he's going to come back. He was with us for half the season, so we felt it was only right to have him come back 
open spoiler discussion. Just let's do some takeaways, overall opinions, review, reaction, and just go from there. And I cannot wait to hear what he thought of the back half of this season in particular. And we also have a very important announcement to make at the end of this podcast that I also think will make next week's episode even more so a must watch and listen, regardless of what platform you're on, which by the way, let's knock out all the plugs. YouTube, you can watch us there, subscribe if you haven't already, and then check us out on any podcast platform, Apple and Spotify are the main ones. Subscribe there, hit the likes, hit the five-star ratings, podcast listeners do those five-star ratings they help so much we'd greatly appreciate it but anyway thank you so much by the way for for riding with us throughout this thing this has been such a blast but but let's have some more fun let's have some more fun with chapter 24 titled the return and we return to some great action with the direction of yet again Rick Famawaya, and written by John Favreau. This episode was honestly a direct continuation of last week's. Like, it literally doesn't skip a beat. So, not surprised in the slightest as far as keeping the creators the same. Any other additional thoughts on just Rick and John before we get into the scenes, DJ? I think that this went exactly the way uh, it should have gone. Like, if you look back over the whole season... Um, there, like I said, you said earlier, actually, you know, a, a few little nitpicky things. Um, and I, I would be on the directorial side of, of, of the nitpickiness tonight, Okay, yeah. but you know, no, beyond that, I mean, it, at this point you're just getting into semantics and details and it's, mm-hmm. just, there's no point in like browbeating over that because this was a very satisfying, uh, final episode of the season. And so, no, I, I have very little to, to say up front. I know there'll be tons of stuff that comes out as we go through Absolutely. The, the whole breakdown. Well, let's let's start. Let's begin, shall we? The episode yes. begins with Axe traveling by jetpack up to the fleet as Bo-Katan, who is fending off more Imperial troopers with fellow Mandalorians, informs him of what has just transpired through comms. He agrees to his orders of using the fleet as a decoy as they stand no chance in the air and will have to beat the Imperials on ground. I'll continue as far as setting up the episode. Dinjarn is being taken to the questioning room by two Imperial troopers and he attacks them both, which leads to a great skirmish. Dinjarn is able to take one of them out while the second one gets the best of him. But suddenly, Grogu, still inside IG-12, arrives and helps Dinjarin take the second one out. Grogu immediately starts spraying a healing spray on Dinjarin out of concern. I really loved that. And Dinjarin thanks Grogu for his help and tells him that he's going to have to be brave. Din believes if they don't take out Moff Gideon, this will never end, so they can't keep running. Grogu is in, and he gives Dinjarin a head nod after asking, are you with me? First of all, I was very surprised with how quickly Dinjarin got saved here. And then second of all, when I heard Dinjarin say, we have to take Gideon out, or this is never going to end, I, I was thinking to myself, oh snap, they're really going to go there. DJ was right. They're really trying to kill off this dude in this season finale, and we'll definitely get to to that moment for sure. But what were your impressions of this quick escape, IG-12, Grogu back in action, and then kind of setting off for the rest of the episode? You know, I, I never um, doubted that Din Djarin wouldn't show up like and do something crazy cool mm-hmm. immediately. Like, so many people were saying stuff about Boba Fett just randomly jumping in. I was like, it doesn't make sense for the story they've told. 
for this season. Like, I would love to see Boba, don't get me wrong. It just didn't make sense for him to appear at that moment. So I immediately wrote that off, and I'm glad I did. Where I was stuck was, like, you know, when when you go back to season one and and Cara Dune and, and Den are arm wrestling, mm-hmm. and Grogu doesn't understand that, you know, they're they're just playing around, having, like, just a little bit of fun. She like, I mean, he just starts to like choke her out with the force. And I saw somebody, I can't take credit for this. Somebody put this online. It's like Grogu did this to Cara Dune over an arm wrestling match. Imagine what he'll do to Moff Gideon or whatever. And I was like, that that's a really, that's a really good point. And so I was immediately in the camp of, well, Grogu could do something like he picked up a mud horn with very little training, True, you know, and it did knock him out, but like. You know, there was a lot that happened with him. So I was always, from that point on, after watching the episode, I probably didn't see that till like Friday or Saturday of last week. So, like, I'm looking at that thinking, okay, he's going to show up and do something cool. So fast forward to Wednesday, he does. And yeah. so I never doubted. I didn't expect him to be the one to rescue Dan immediately. I just knew he was going to go wreck shop on some on somebody. Sure. And yeah. and I didn't know how, to what extent, obviously, because that ended up being really cool as the episode went on. Mm-hmm. But um, just a great opening. Um, solid. I love that uh, Din puts that kind of, um, uh, what's the word? I guess trust in Grogu to like handle business. Yeah. And and, and Grogu just immediately just like let's go it was it was a great setup and i mean we've got these two kind of missions going on in a sense in this very short episode where din Djarin and grogu are going after moff gideon bo katan is more so concerned about her fellow mandalorian so i loved that fact that we got so much stuff to cut back and forward in and out of it was great it kept the pacing it kept the flow of the episode moving at a rapid pace well we continue on then in the episode we've got tie fighters and bombers launching as moff gideon looks onto a layout of his station on mandalore and is able to see where grogu and din are he commits to taking care of din and grogu himself instead of sending any other imperials and i I gotta admit i chuckled here because it was more of those moff gideon uh, dramatics yeah. that we've definitely talked about uh, last mm-hmm. week. Din Djarin communicates with R5 and requests for him to locate Moff Gideon's command center, which is where Gideon operates. R5 hovers into a section of the Imperial Station and begins getting intel as he connects to the schematics and eventually finds the location for Din and Grogu. Now, we're definitely going to come back to R5 because R5 has a great moment later, but I gotta mm-hmm. say, this is where, for me, it was writing. Where the heck is what's what's R five doing here? He's just chilling behind a rock. I don't feel I don't find that realistic, honestly. But I was rolling with it. It's okay. R five, great character moment eventually. So I was I was okay with him just just being there. Did that bother you any, or is it just me? No, not at all. In okay. fact, you know, thinking about it now in retrospect, it, it, it's kind of fun to think about R two D two being the uh, middle of the road droid. Like he mm-hmm. does exactly what you need him to do but there's some funny bits here and there where r5 is totally the comedic you know like he's comedic in the sense of always being scared of something right yeah like kind of like <laughs> scooby-doo and shaggy like it's kind of like scooby-doo and when you think about it so now i kind of want to see where chop like and i know about chopper Ooh, yeah. chopper is like chaotic funny mm-hmm. you know or chaotic good maybe i don't know how that all pans out so what happens when you put chopper and r5 in the same room together you know, that would it, be that's if there was I want to see <laughs> if there was like a whole like offshoot Charles Scholl comic about uh-huh. R5 and Chopper, 
I would wa- I would read that. Like, I think that would be really fun. In fact, I'm going to tweet Charles Scholl here in a little bit. He's those of you who don't know. He's one of the Lucasfilm writers. He does a lot of the comic books and, and novels and things like that. So he's just incredible. He actually was responsible for the Kylo Ren run a few years ago. That was really really good. And it had the little bit about uh, where where Vader was actually like how he was born, how Anakin yeah. was born. So anyway, there's my first tangent of the night. Um, <laughs> those of you at home that are counting. <laughs> yeah, that's tangent number one. Put a little thing up in edit, editing and just like a little box come a little up. Ticker. But yeah. it, goes, it just goes ding. But anyway, um, I, I think that R5 here behind the rock, it actually makes sense for, for what they've done with R5 to me. Okay. Because, okay. I mean, think about when, when um, Carson Teva went to find him with the Mandalorians, he was just in the cave. He just <laughs> sure. rolled out, you know, and where he was always just kind of on Tatooine. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really think about it, it makes sense. And I, my, actually, honestly, my favorite thing about him in this episode is that I saw today that he's getting his own Black Series figure. Oh, okay, um, cool. And so I'm kind of like, I kind of want to buy that Black Series figure now just because of this episode. Though. Yeah. Because hey, he really shined. Yeah, this episode really does justice to R5. Full circle character development here. That's how you write it. For oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, man, I love it. All right. Well, Axe Woves makes it to the fleet and shares the plan. Load all gauntlets and go to the planet's surface to aid Bo-Katan, but leave the capital ship as a decoy. Axe will take control of the cruiser. Other Mandalorians jetpack from the cruiser and load up on gauntlets and begin their way toward the planet. Imperial ties and bombers make it to the capital ship as it takes heavy fire. Axe is determined to stay on the ship. I don't personally have a lot to add to those scenes other than... Give me all the Mandalorian jetpack action, and this was only a tease of what was yet to come. So I, I loved this moment as well. Din Djarin, next up. Din Djarin, who is without weapons, and Grogu make it to the command center and call on R5 to deactivate the barrier shields one at a time on his command. Din Djarin takes out the two Imperials each step of the way as R5 takes out the shields. R5 is distracted by a mouse droid, but eventually buzzes it away. Din Djarin then successfully wipes out all the troopers and gains some more weapons along the way. Like, he's probably got his pick at this point. The weapons, though, I want to point this out. Some of the troopers had, like, these handheld, like, vibrating, um, electro, whatever. I don't know what they're called. But they definitely reminded me of a weapon that's in Jedi Fallen Order. And I need to go back and play that and, and really dive into that to see if, if I'm remembering that correctly. But it definitely gave me those kind of vibes regardless. And I loved the comedic relief. We've already talked about it. I loved the comedic relief of the mouse droids and R5 and R5 kind of getting the mission done and having that fun, lighthearted moment while all of this intense action is going down. I loved this action, though. It was like you alluded to earlier. It was great to see Din Djarin do something epic Yet again, because I got to admit, it, it's felt like a couple of episodes since we've seen yeah, him it has. hit this level of epicness. So it was great to get those vibes again. What do you think of this scene, DJ? This scene is a, is so much fun. I love this mouse droid thing. These are just tattletale droids. Is and then I thought that was really funny with the addition of the the little you know, sirens, the, the sirens and alarms <laughs> just going off. I was like, I can't wait to see people who are in the droid building community make these things. Yeah. Because it's yeah. going to be so fun. Like, I know celebrations in Japan in a couple years, and you know by then everybody who has a mouse droid who or, or is going to build one now because of this are going to have those little sirens on it. Oh, 100%. So, so for yeah. me, that was that was the fun moment here for me. 
Um, it was also great to know that Axe wasn't going to be a traitor. There was mm-hmm. a moment there when he got back to the ship and said, everybody off, that I was yes. like, he's yeah, going to turn this thing One of back the Mandalorians on even gives him a look like, are we sure about this kind of thing? Like he was looking back at him yeah. as, as he was about Which, to jump off. That Mandalorian looks so much to me like John Boyega, that actor. Really? Man, he looks... It, he just, they look like they could be like brothers, maybe, or okay. cousins at, at minimum or maximum. But okay. I was like, is this Finn's dad? But there's no way, you know. How cool would that be? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I'm, not do, I'm not jumping into no, I'm it. Not jumping into it. I'm just saying, it looks like, what if that, I was like, oh, what if that was the case? It'd be really cool for Finn's story, honestly. But mm. anyway, that has nothing to do with this. I just, tangent number two. Okay. <laughs> no, all good. All good. But great action there with Din and those troopers to get into the command center and Din and Din and Grogu do eventually get into the command center and realize that Gideon has made clones of himself. One of them opens their eyes as Grogu looks on to create a jump scare and Din Djarin destroys them all. This is a massive reveal that we will discuss later with Moff Gideon's dialogue on the clones but personally I again another nitpick I really wish we would have spent more time here. Like, it's just yeah. this quick little reveal of, here's Moff Gideon's face. Din Djarin just quickly thinks, let me explode them. Which, that's the smart decision. That's the right decision. But I, And I don't know what spending more time here would even look like or feel like or play like. But it just felt so quick. Like, here's Moff Gideon's clones. Blow them up real quick and on to the next. And I think that just plays to the to the pacing of the episode. Clearly, they they had that in mind to just, you know, make you feel that high intensity, high stakes. But I feel like this moment, and I'll talk about it even more later with the dialogue, and that moment as well could have really used some breathing room, in my opinion. But regardless, really, really, really cool reveal. Incredible reveal. Yeah. What did you think of that reveal? No, it, it it was it was good. It made sense for the story that they've been telling. However, it closed a theory for me that I've had a long time of, of these clones that he was working on to be future Snokes. Sure, yeah. Um, and and I think that's understandable for a lot of people to have thought that. And I and yeah, hundred percent. And I I definitely wanted it to be Snoke because what Mandalorian's been doing so well is bridging that gap. You know, sure, at this yeah. point in the story of Mandalorian, we're only 20 years away from the force awakens. Yeah. Give, give or take, ta- give, give or take, take, you know, one year, probably 21 years. So we're coming up on Ray's birth. And so her parents are out there running, trying to get away from, you know, all these different Papa things. Pops. Yeah. You know, so I really hoped that we would see something like that here. Um, so it's okay that we didn't because it does make sense that Gideon would have wanted to clone himself. Um, you know, I made a mustache comment a minute ago and we, we joked about the mustache on the poster last week a lot, but, um, you know, none of the clones had mustaches and Gideon, when he shows up, doesn't have a mustache. So a lot of people are pointing at, well, to do the is that a clone sure you know and the yeah. real gideon still got his mustache somewhere else maybe you know i mean that, that that's one of those things that you know we could save talk to uh, zach about next week but right right um it was it overall this is really cool it makes sense that din jarn would think well the natural thing for me to do is blow all these blow guys up. up yeah you know it's very natural for his character to think that and i think if you are disagreeing with that you you just need to take a second um, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking like our listeners. Like if you're of the opinion that that like 
is a bad story moment. I, I don't think that needs to be our opinions. I, oh, I really no. think I think that we really need to sit down and say, okay, this is what Din Djarin would have done. Look at the facts. Look at his character. Yeah. And understand that a, a character of his caliber who just said to Grogu 10 seconds ago, Let's kill hey, him. <laughs> we've got to kill him. Yeah. He's not going to leave the door open for 100%, yeah. another right. Gideon to show up. And they've already blown up the, the things over on um, Navarro. The Mandalorian mm-hmm. stole his ship. This is his last batch, if you yeah. will. So, you know, and it, it's great. It even connects back to season one with the whole he has a high M count. We all know that's mm-hmm. many chlorians, you know, and then he very clearly says, the only thing I don't have is the force, which I'm jumping ahead. I'm so sorry, but you know, it makes sense that that's what he's doing here. Um, so this scene's great. It is short. I wish it was longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish it would have connected to something sequel trilogy ish, but it's okay that it doesn't because it's still, yeah. we got to remind ourselves we have more series coming soon. We still have twenty years worth of storytelling to fill a gap with, and so it's it's all it's all good, and it's it'll get to that point one day. Um, I think that because John Favreau's writing, I, I trust it more. Yeah, no, and I, and I'm with you on that. And I think another reason why maybe people are struggling with it is because for so long, everyone, everyone here on this show believed that that body we saw in season two was Snoke, yeah. but at this point. I don't think anyone can say that at this point. I think that's an early attempt at Gideon, which is, re- in my opinion, though, is still really cool. It's just getting over that initial um, mm-hmm. initial moment of realizing, okay, I need to rethink what I was thinking about that scene. That was not Snoke. That was just Gideon, and, and now we're here. So I think that might be the, the biggest hurdle that maybe people are struggling with, but definitely... Mm-hmm. Definitely, it seems like we agree. We could have spent some more time here just because it was such a cool moment. Such a yeah, cool moment. Yeah, huge reveal. It deserved a little bit more attention. I hope that that's something they do. And Skeleton Crew makes it currently makes more sense than Ahsoka. We'll see because yeah. we don't have a trailer for Skeleton Crew yet. True. So when we get when we get one, that may change. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Well, continuing on with the episode, we'll come back to that clone Gideon talk for sure. Top Gun and Breaking Bad Mandalorians, that's what I'm what I'm calling them, because I don't even know if they give them a name drop. Uh, the two dudes that have been in Top Gun and the other dude that's been in Breaking Bad, they show up, they take Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians to planted farms filled with species indigenous to Mandalore underground. They've been dormant since before the centuries of Civil War. Once the planet was abandoned, they sprouted in spots. So, on second watch... I thought of this and realized this. This is yet again another instance in this Mandoverse where we get an allusion to a planet's surface from long ago. In the Book of Boba Fett, they make a pretty significant deal that Tatooine used to be full of water and the terrain has completely changed. And here they reveal that Mandalore can flourish outside of the Sindari Dome. I find that to be extremely interesting. I do believe this scene serves as an indicator that Mandalore does not necessarily need those domed cities anymore, but I still kind of want to see Mandalorians like rebuild Sindari just for fun. But I also love this moment of showing this planet truly can flourish if they really dedicate to it and they can keep Imperials and all these remnants away from it. Just a really cool moment for me again. Maybe we could have spent a little bit longer there, but if they were going to shave anything, I understand shaving this. That's just for, I guess, for people like me to dive deep into there as far as the planet surface. But what were your your feelings on this moment? 
I forgot about the Tatooine stuff until you yeah. said that. I, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, so I'm kind of wrapping my head around that. I, I will say that, you know, seeing them go below ground on my second watch, I kind of actually did get to watch twice this week. Nice. I never, I don't usually don't. I usually get one and, and right. go. Yeah. But, um, yeah. the, so I'm rewatching it again um, yesterday morning and they got to that scene. This scene was really short. Mm hmm. And I thought it's so weird that they get down here and hide and then immediately get a phone call and they're gone. Right. I yeah. was like, that's kind of odd, but you know, maybe time works differently mm -hmm. here. And yeah. I, I started thinking about the editing and I was like, no, that's really fast. So they don't even get to like catch their breath or sit down. They're just like, Oh, here we go. You know? And it's like, well, I mean, it makes, it kind of makes sense for Mandalorian to just be like, yeah, it's time to fight. You know, this is what sure. we do. Yeah. Kinda, it, it does make sense, but I don't know. I, you know, the, the there was just like a that's a nitpicky thing. I realized that yeah, hundred percent. The fact yeah. that they do have a sustainable source for me, do, or does this for me, it's it makes me feel better about those Mandalorians not being spies. Because mm. um, last week they all rolled up, and I was like, "There's they're not a spy." I mean, they they can't really be Mandalorians. They got to be spies. Mm -hmm. And one guy, his uh, it's uh you know stinky pete or whatever that guy's name is from breaking bad on his shoulder is a b2 battle or a super battle droid like head face and it's just on his shoulder and i was like no no respectable merit mandalorian would just use droid parts and i was like well maybe the most important piece of armor is the helmet if you're a mandalorian so i was like okay maybe not so i i was kind of using little clues you know to say maybe they're probably just world building with that is all they were doing but so, i i read yeah of course, I read into it because that's what we do here all the time. We read yeah. into stuff. Well, that's our job. But this scene, yeah, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> the scene was fast. I would have liked fast. them to, like, I would have preferred them to sit there yes. for, like, in the universe mm -hmm. for, like, maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour. Sure, yeah. You know, let let us have some time where Bo-Katan shows up in the nick of time at the right. end to help Din and Grogu. You have know, that, yeah, Get that some, would have been Drink oh, some okay. water. Take a little yeah. breath. Eat some plants. I mean, whatever. Talk to just give us some dialogue as far as like, okay, what have y'all dudes been doing here on this planet? Yeah. Like, how did we get? Like, I don't know. I just yeah. I feel like, and I'll I'll just go ahead and say this that I I don't mind. I do not mind this episode length at all, at all, folks. Mm -hmm. I promise. The pacing, it was all great, but this very easily could have been an epic hour long episode. Or if longer. They, they spent longer with the whole Gideon clone reveal. They spent longer with this scene. They spend longer with the mm -hmm. Gideon conversation later in the episode. And there's really one thing that drives me crazy. One thing that drives me crazy about the ending of this episode. And I'm going to say it now just so I don't forget. We spent the entire season with Bo-Katan and Din Djarin and they don't say goodbye to each other. Like, I feel like we could have gotten just a three to five minute scene of them having some dialogue between each other saying, oh, we don't, all right, we? see you later, deuces, thanks for doing this, appreciate you helping me get Mandalore back, you have fun with Grogu, can't wait to see you again, I don't know. But it, it's okay, it's all good, I love what we got, trust me, hmm. but there was my mini, mini rant session there real quickly. I just feel like, you know, it could have very easily been a longer episode. Anyway, Yeah, we, we typically <laughs> do get those kinds of send-offs. You know, in Clone Wars and in Rebels, I mean, even up to this point in Mandalorian, we've gotten stuff like that. It does yeah. seem kind of odd to left that out. I, now that you say that, I hadn't thought of that. Well, it's okay. It, it's all good. It's all good. Let's carry on with what we did get. What we did get in this episode. 
Suddenly, the armor is leading the reinforcements and lets Bo-Katan know that they have arrived. And Bo-Katan declares it's time to reclaim their planet. It was sick to see the armor and Bo-Katan jetpacking side by side and Bo igniting the Darksaber while jetpacking. I mean, come on. Come on, this was just too good. At this moment, I'm absolutely freaking out. It's also at this moment that I immediately realized the whole spy craze that was occurring on social media this past week was absolutely irrelevant. And I know it's easy to say this now, but I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't go that route with the armor, if I'm being completely honest, because my favorite idea, and I think it's something that it, it was maybe when Zach was on early in the season, my favorite idea is the armor kind of serving as this hand of the queen to Bo-Katan on Mandalore. Like, she's got to be like the mother of the nest, if you will, and trying to kind of guide Bo-Katan and be these two different opinions but helping each other reclaim this planet so i and i like i said i know it's easy to say that now but man this 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 moment of the episode was so sick i was so pumped for it i loved it what'd you think this this actually made me audibly gasp and my my mouth my jaw hit the floor like it honestly i was i was like this is too cool like i'm and you know, for me, Wednesday mornings are usually very relaxed, uh, and it just wasn't the case yesterday, not because of this, just because of life stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally got to sit down and watch it, my kid, she's just running around the room and playing, eating breakfast, and I'm trying to watch, and she's climbing all over me and all over the couch, and I'm like, I'm trying to watch the armor or do something really cool, and I feel bad <laughs> for hating on her so much, you know, like all this stuff is going on, and meanwhile, I'm just in awe of what we're watching because – yeah. I have thought to myself at various times uh, when we've seen the two Mandalorian factions interact, whether it was just Bo-Katan and and Din's faction or all of them together, I thought, that's not enough Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. I always felt like there wasn't a lot there. Sure. And this moment really displayed, Mm -hmm. like, how many Mandalorians are there. And I was like, this is pretty cool. But the obvious highlights are, uh, you know, the armor coming in with, you know, her tongs and hammer. And I thought to myself, of all the weapons in the world, I was like, you know what? She handles it. She handles business. She does. Yeah. And it was our first time seeing her with a jetpack. True. So immediately True. I thought about Black Series collectors and like, well, they're going to get a jetpacked, you know, armor at some point. And then to watch Bo-Katan fly out and ignite the Darksaber. I mean, there's a lot going on in here that is just if you love me, I, I can't, I can't even imagine what people in the Mandalorian Mark community are doing right now. Like they must be losing their minds and have watched it a hundred times by now because it's such a cool moment. And then Boba Fett diehards, like, like, can you imagine like if, if Jeremy Bullock was still alive and he saw that, what would he say? What's Daniel Logan thinking? What's sure, Tim yeah. Morrison? Tim Morrison's like, what the heck? I could have been it. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or throw Daniel Logan a bone and just put him in the background as a random, you know, Mandalorian. So Mandalorian. He can be in yeah. Yeah. I mean that all of that could have happened and I, it may have, I don't, I don't know. I mean, never know. Time will tell. I, I probably didn't, but no, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> cool. it's cool to think that all of this is built towards this moment. Yeah. And, it just makes me excited for what could happen later on. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. and, and and it just it was just it was just cool. It just was too cool. And and when she actually ignites that dark saber while flying, yeah. and comes into this like samurai pose, I know. yeah, I was immediately thinking, Rick Famuyiwa, you are 
you are incredible. Like, and and I was like, Katie and Sack, and uh, Filoni. Yeah, I, yes, but like he's the director here. Okay, like I got you. That's yeah. a that could have been a director's choice. Potentially, like, it, it yeah. may have said in the script, "Hey, Bo-Katan and Ignite Lightsaber, all flying." All right, uh-huh. but here he said no. You go two hands, joust style, you know, into some, you know, some bad guys. And it's yeah. like, it's just too much fun. And I actually found a video and I think I sent it to you on TikTok, Caleb, but I just tweeted it a minute ago, but it's the song Fortunate Son over this scene. And it's like, it ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. And they're all just flying. And yeah. you're just like, yeah. this is just like, it's just too cool. It's <laughs> so, it's an unreal moment. Out. Yeah, it's a very, very unreal moment. We get Bogotan just swinging this dark saber, killing these Imperial troopers that are just—they're flying straight at each other. We're not on horseback here, I mean, folks. It's just—we're not right on out foot. of a Clone Wars episode. Hundred percent out of it Clone just, Wars. It, it's like everything you imagine as a kid playing yeah. with action figures. It, this is yeah, ab- absolutely. That's the best way to put it, right there. Like, it's, it's, pl- it's playing with insane. action figures. Yes, it's exactly what it is, and it it doesn't get old. Like no. I could go back and rewatch this scene. If, if they said choose 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 five scenes from Star Wars to watch for the rest of your life, and that's it, that's on the list. Ooh, okay, man, it's that's just, an interesting it, discussion potentially. That's a cool, <laughs> cool thing to see. Yeah, if is. you wake up every day and say, "I want to watch Bo-Katan ignite that dark saber and immediately impale a stormtrooper," uh-huh. that's a good day. Yeah, that's a, a good, good way day. to start your day. It's, good it's day. motivation. Yeah, I may need to click play on that. Clip it. Out of the episode, just watch it every single day. Yeah. Make it it'll your give, alarm. It'll give you good energy for Do sure. Video alarms exist because we I need to make so. a we need a video alarm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we just thought of something. Patent it by Mando Talk. Yeah, there you go. All right, here we go. Continuing on the episode though, great moments though. Like I'm freaking out. It was at this moment I'm like, oh my gosh, this is epic. Tin Jarn and Grogu officially get in front of Moth Gideon and he is ticked. That Din has destroyed his clones. Moff Gideon reveals that his clones were going to be the best parts of him, but improved by adding the one thing he never had, the Force. He was isolating the potential to wield the Force and incorporating it into an army, but Din Djarin smothered them before they could draw their first breath. This obviously confirms and reveals what Moff Gideon's intentions with Grogu were. Full circle moment as far as what he was trying to do with in season one, season two. For me, though, and again, we've already talked about it. I feel like we could have spent more time here because I just I don't think it's clear to the casual viewer. Like, for example, the second watch, I watched it with my wife. I don't think it clicked with her as far as it being that's why Grogu was getting his midichlorian count extracted in chapter three of season one of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I don't think it clicked with her that that clone that we saw in season two in the tank on Navarro was an early attempt at Gideon. I I don't think the casual viewers go in there. I know we are people that are listening to this podcast potentially are people that are on star Wars Twitter are, but outside of that, I don't think that that this moment and this short amount of dialogue took people back to that. So in that sense, again, another opportunity to make this episode a bit longer, just to just to explore that and, and really, really get that rich storytelling mm-hmm. that's right there at their grasp. But I don't know. I still loved it. Still loved the scene. Just, you know, let it breathe. Let it breathe. What do you think? It makes me wonder about the client. 
played by Warner Herzog in the first Ooh, season. Yeah. Because we before we knew who Moff Gideon really was, we met him first. Mm-hmm. And he was like the go-between between uh Gideon and Din Djarin or the Bounty yeah. Hunter clan, I guess, or the uh what was it called? The um the oh, guild. The guild. Yeah, the guild. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's like, well, what what was his role? in all this and leave it leave it to us to think about someone who's been dead for since 2019 you know like right there's yeah. there's been no reason to talk about that guy until now so it's like why was he what was his stake in in these cl- and things point. and and now i'm curious what will happen with him with dr pershing with you know uh, uh kane you know and if whether or not gideon Never mind, I won't mention that one. But like, you just <laughs> just like certain things that like, where is it playing into things? And how does it lead sure. to Thrawn? And how does it lead to um, Huck Senior? And all this other stuff we saw last week. You know, it really makes me want to know more about the stuff the Empire was doing in in its remnant side of things from end of Return of the Jedi to to now because sure. it's ten, yeah that is ten years of history there. And or give or take, you know, it's probably more like seven or eight years, probably. But regardless, you have Return of the Jedi Endor, you know, Project Cinder from Battlefront 2. And then you have the Battle of Jakku also from Battlefront 2. to So from that moment, which took place not even a year after Return of the Jedi, it's it just makes me want to know, okay, what was the Empire? What were all the contingency plans? Like, what was it? What was Palpatine doing in the event of not just his death, but the downfall of the empire. How deep does project sender go? How does it lead to, um, what is this new project called? Necromancer. Um, Necromancer. Yeah. Necromancer, which might've been a callback to Lord of the Rings, by the way, but that's a different story for another time. Um, so you've got all this stuff happening with, Mm -hmm. with just this little moment. And thankfully we're unpacking it here and we're asking sure. questions. Yeah. And if somebody at Lucasfilm happens to be listening to Mando talk, I, I really hope someone is because I want whoever is at, at Lucasfilm who oversees and listens to all these random star Wars podcasts that are out there to yeah. hear, hear us say that that is something that needs to be developed as a guy who goes by rebel scum. <laughs> you know, like I, I adopt that name because it's an insult from an imperial. Correct. Yes. I would love to hear more about the imperials. You know, yeah. I, I want to know these things so that I can, you know, and that's part. That's a story that's worth telling. Is really what I'm sure. just trying to say. I mean, yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. No, and I'm with you. I do think we need to remind ourselves, though, and, and this connects to the Shadow Council discussion last mm-hmm. week. This is some Gideon. What Gideon's doing here is not on the Empire's radar. This is the secret stuff no, that he's yeah, been up no. to. It yeah. doesn't connect to what Thrawn has planned. It doesn't connect to what the First Order has planned. It doesn't connect to any of that stuff. This is Moff Gideon acting out as simply Moff Gideon. There's no one else backing him right now. It's just him simply taking advantage of having Dr. Pershing there probably manipulating him in some way to getting this Gideon clone cranking. But still, regardless, like, just just elaborate on the fact that it connects to, you mentioned, the, the client, Warner Herzog's character. And, and it even, and it even, even goes back to Bad Talk Batch. about Dr. Pershing even a little bit more because we had an entire chapter dedicated to him. I just, yes. I don't know. Just, there, was, there was more opportunity there. But, and again, I know me and you and, and people out there, we can draw our conclusions and we can see those connections. I just don't know if it really worked to that level 
to everybody else. But I mean, it worked for me because I have that knowledge. But yeah. I know not everybody out there does. Yeah, it it gives so much for what could happen, which mm-hmm. we will talk about next week. Like, yeah, and if you're, and I hope that you're still listening. I know we still have people listening. No, so yeah. or yeah. and watching. Thank you for watching. But you know, if at this point, if if you're still like us and you're like, yeah, where is all that? Come back next week because yeah, between between the three of us and you know me, Caleb, Zach, we're gonna have some really cool thoughts. I think. Yeah. For and for I, and we don't even know what Zach thinks. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't have even no know clue. what Zach thinks. So I like, no it's clue. just gonna be one of those cool things to like. Yeah. I don't know. Just juggle and figure out what it all means. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing to give you some comfort. Clearly, they're still telling this Mandoverse story. So we got a sofa, yes. we got skeleton crew, we got Mando four. Like we got all this stuff coming. So we may just need to practice some patience. Maybe we'll get those interconnecting, yeah, more I, dialogue. I don't all that feel stuff. like I don't feel like I've 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 been neglected as a fan here. Oh, definitely not. I think definitely if anything, not. it's like here's a, here's this twelve ounce ribeye, <laughs> and yeah. then and now they're like. Do you want another one? How about a side of ribs? You know, like I feel like it's one of these. I sure. always go with. Why do I always go with meat? Hey. I always go with like steak and. That's all, that's all right. Burgers. See, you were talking about the rebel scum part of your name. Now we're toward the Texan part of the name. It it's listen, all two hundred fifty pounds of me. I'm telling you, it's it's a struggle. Oh man! All right. Well, let's continue on in our episode. We've got Din Djarin and Moff Gideon begin fighting and the Praetorian guards arrive to help out Gideon. This sets Grogu off who draws the three guards toward him and gets separated from Din Djarin as blast doors shut, leaving Din to Moff and Grogu to the guards. And this is where the action of the episode takes off. So I'm just going to go ahead and recap the action moments and we will just discuss and see where that discussion takes us. The Mandalorians continue to go ham in aerial combat with even knee rockets getting back in the action used by Koska Reeves. I'm freaking out at that moment. Grogu leaps out of IG-12 as one of its arms is cut. Bo-Katan sees Moff Gideon and Din Djarin from a distance and blasts toward their direction and essentially tackles Gideon to the ground. Bo-Katan tells Din that she's got this and to go save his kid. Bo-Katan ignites the Darksaber and Gideon whips out a double-sided weapon that can withstand the Darksaber. The guards prepare to land a striking blow on Grogu when suddenly Din arrives. Grogu begins using the Force and Din uses Brute Force to take out the three guards together. Let's pause there as far as the action goes. I see what you did there. Yeah, absolutely. You had to. You had to. (laughs) I loved, again... Getting back to the core of the Mandalorian, we see Din Djarin doing some great things, but now Grogu and Din Djarin are working together to do something absolutely incredible. I loved the way that they were able to take out these three Praetorian guards. Anything else or anything else you want to add to that action that we've gotten to so far? Anything just really gets your attention from there? Yeah, um... Just, just the weapon stuff. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. just looking at like what what uh, Gideon pulls out, it's not diff- too different than what his Mandalorians or not Mandalorians, his Beskar stormtroopers were utilizing just a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. You mentioned Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it is a scout trooper that uses a similar weapon. Okay. Although yeah. I don't know, I'm I'm trying I, very quick. I should have done some research, but here we are. 
I'm just trying to figure out what they're using. Um, cause like you, we meet them so often. Ah, here's the name. It's called an electro bat. Okay. That makes sense. Makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> that's a, that's a very unique weapon name for star, even for star sure. Wars, but I feel like um, it's, a, it's an on your nose name for star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, we got vibro blade. True. I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense, but yeah, you're right. You're dark right. dark check, saber. Check yourself. Caleb. Check yourself. Caleb. Dark saber, light <laughs> saber, blaster. You know, it go, the list goes on. But um, okay, I digress. That was a stupid but, comment. <laughs> but to your credit, you did point that out when I had completely forgotten about it. And you, being the Cal Kestis fan that you are, it makes sense that you would pick that out and be like, okay, that's a cool thing to notice. I, I know the the shields and their thing never even click. It never even yeah. click. So, and I know that we see those riot shields and those. Uh, electropats, um, something like something Batman would use. Um, you know, I, it makes sense we'd say, see something like that here. So I'm all for it. And I think that this is just really cool to watch um, them fight and yeah, sp- finally see Moff Gideon. Like, I feel like at season two's finale, it was just like, I'm just going to beat you to death is uh-huh. really what his whole method was. Here he's like, oh, I've got toys too. You know, <laughs> yeah. like. Like let's let's see who's got the I mean uh what's is it um speak softly and carry a big stick it's like well forget the speak softly part let's just see who's got the bigger stick basically the bigger weapon yeah. who's got the badder weapon and then I love the idea that I can just see Favreau like what riding and he's like and then he pulls out an electro bat like he's just <laughs> you know he's having so much fun writing it he's oh just like, yeah. yeah he's type he's typing or writing oh, away 100%. and he's just like he's calling Dave like I just came up with the greatest idea <laughs> you know it's just two bros having fun and, and then you call Rick and Rick's like oh we're going hard he goes oh yeah we're going hard you know it's just the, the idea of them having these discussions mm-hmm. I want to be a fly on the wall so bad so oh, I know all of these things, I know it's such a small little, it's just a fight scene, but like there's so much going on in this fight scene and it's like, this is fun. Just a, a lot, lot of, more. yeah, just a lot of good Star Wars. Just Star Wars, Star Warsing in these moments for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, Star well, Wars continuing moments. with the action, Axe Wolves is going down with the capital ship who plans to take out the base with a crash. Bo is too busy to respond as she is still fighting Gideon. Gideon bends the Darksaber with his hands, making it unusable as Bo-Katan falls to her knees. Gideon removes her helmet. Then Gideon declares the Darksaber is gone and Mandalorians are weak once they lose their trinkets. But I loved the fact that Bo-Katan immediately claps back by saying Mandalorians are stronger together. Din Djarin arrives and begins firing on moth so so all of the crew is back together but again we'll pause there because we got to talk about this how do we feel about the destruction of the dark saber i gotta admit for me personally i was bummed initially it was kind of like me being bummed with the skywalker lightsaber when they split it in half in the last jedi but of course now we know that ray fixed it there's still possibility that the dark saber gets fixed but i also love the idea that now the Mandalorians of, are free of, of that cursed tradition. And, and they can kind of go about their ways a little bit differently now to where they're not having to rely on that stinking Darksaber to determine who should lead them. And maybe they turn their attention toward that mythosaur that's still swimming underwater. Maybe so. We'll see. But what did you think of the, the destruction of the Saber? Yeah, I mean, as soon as it happened, I was like, this is so odd. And... I have I have a little bit of a weird beef with the pres- the presentation of the dark saber in this season particularly. Okay. Um, in 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 Rebels, 
when Sabine and the spoilers for guests for those who haven't watched Rebels, if you haven't, what are you doing? But um, when Sabine has it and she's training with Kanan in season three or four, wherever that is, I think it's season three, um, she mentions how heavy it is. Mm-hmm. It never looks heavy when Bo Katan's using it. And it hasn't really? really looked to me. It doesn't. Hmm. And like when she has it just on her on her belt clip, and it's just kind of, I mean, it's just, sure. it's just, it's just flopping around. And I know that lightsabers do that. It just seems huh. weird here to me. Like I don't, I don't know why. I just don't like the way it looks. I feel like it's not bulky enough. It's too thin. Maybe that's just me. I'm probably in a very small nitpicky part of the fandom who thinks that. If I'm, I might be the only one, but. When it when it broke, it just added back to that to me because I thought, man, this is such a fragile weapon, and I just don't view lightsabers as being fragile unless sure. you know yeah. they're cut up in half or you know we saw a lightsaber get cut in episode one and episode two, like Attack of Clones: Phantom Menace. You know we've seen lightsabers get broken. Last Jedi, you mentioned it. Last Jedi was this epic moment, you know, and that it 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 seemed very heavy. This doesn't seem heavy to me, but it does do what you said. It does relieve the Mandalorians of this weird curse. I mean, what the what the Darksaber represents is an old King Arthur tale of the sword and the stone. And it relieves a community of being guided by this magic, you know, sword that can be plucked out of a rock. And now that's who leads the country. Yeah. It's silly when you think about it. What's the basis for a good leader? You know, it's silly, but. And it, it applies here too. Now, does the dark saber require a great deal of power? Absolutely. It being broken does create. I don't want to call it a plot hole. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to call it that. Um, I wish there was another term. Maybe like a. Uh, maybe it's a doorway. Okay. It's it's going to open to something in the future that we could talk about now. We can talk about next week. Probably next week. Probably be the best option. So, it is a weird bummer in a sense to see this thing go. It does make me wish that I had bought a toy uh, dark saber like a year ago, you know, sure. or two years ago. Uh, and I'm sure they'll, they're still going to sell them. No, but I like was, I was going to say I'm glad I didn't buy a dark saber last really? year specifically when I was at Disney because I would be even more bummed the fact mm. that it's destroyed this week. I'd be like, well, crap, this sucks. You can still get the dark saber at Disney though. You yeah, can get it I really mean, anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if if you know there's a moment where you know they go pick it up you know off camera and they're like, yeah. hey, I've got it in season four. You know, right, maybe right. it's just one of those things. Um, Could be. I, I don't know, but it, it doesn't really like bum me out. But it does. I guess I'm just neutral to. Uh, I, I'm negatively neutral. Yeah. Well. Well, regardless, and I feel I feel those vibes, by the way. But regardless, yeah. I do appreciate the plot movement of it. Maybe that is it's good. just that is it's, good. Maybe it's just the ex- execution of getting there could have been just a little bit different to to fill your doorway. Yeah. Well, continuing on, seems like yeah, you know, we're bummed that the dark saber's gone. But again, really good pushing of the plot for these Mandalorian people moving forward. Axe escapes the cruiser as it begins crashing into the command center. I'm so glad that he did not go down with the ship. I feel like that's just a overused 
trope, if you will, in plot, but he's got the jetpack. Why would he not blast open a window and jet off? So glad that they did that. Grogu, Din, and Bo are all working to take out Moff Gideon in the middle of all this chaos. Gideon appears to burn to a crisp from the cruiser's crash, and Din, Bo, and Grogu wrap around each other to protect themselves from the flames. And then in this moment, which got me emotional this was probably my favorite moment of this episode is when Grogu uses the force to protect the three of them creating a safe bubble barrier and it's at this moment that we realize the battle is won so obviously the reveal that Moff Gideon dies apparently supposedly I know there's tons of theories out there that and you've already kind of alluded to it maybe that was a clone of Gideon maybe it's possible that his Beskar armor somehow withstood that those flames we'll see time will tell but regardless for me again the force moment gives me of course for those of you that have seen rebels gives you Kanan vibes and immediately puts you in those emotional moments for sure I just loved this I loved seeing these three working together in this way all the knee slides even Grogu performing a knee slide like come on this made this finale Really good to me. I really enjoyed this moment. How about you? Everything about this ending was was what it needed to be. Like I said last week, I was like this. I thought all these crazy theories, and I said, and guess what? I'll probably be wrong. So glad I was. Yeah, <laughs> and so glad that you know, Axe Woves got out of the ship. So glad that we got to see the Bo Din Grogu team up because yeah. like. I felt like the Grogu content, and I so I just feel like a hypocrite saying this. I feel like the Grogu content was lackluster to a certain point this Ooh, season. Okay, and 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 I've all, in the last, especially the first season, I was like, this isn't even the Mandalorian. This is the Grogu. <laughs> like the whole the whole series, I was like, this is just about the baby Yoda. Like, why why is it even called the Mandalorian if it's about this baby Yoda? And I was I was that guy. I was like, it shouldn't be called that. Now this season, it's like, well, it's definitely about Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. So, but I wish there was more Grogu stuff throughout the season. Mm-hmm. This episode de- delivers on what I feel like I missed out on sure. because it was like, you want you want Grogu flipping on 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 hanging lights? Here you go. You Check. want. <laughs> You want him to power slide? There Check. you go. You know, you, you want to see him get upset because someone's beating the crap out of his dad? Check. There you go. You know, like it it's just it's it's exactly what you'd want from a using force the force in an epic yeah. way. Yes, Check. and it and not draining him. Yeah. You know? Now he it, did take it, a little cross sit, like a little little Indian style sit, but yeah, it didn't drain him. That's that was just cool. me- that's meditative. It's yeah. character growth. I'm like Love it. I thought so badly they were going to make this kid talk finally. And, and, and of course, we're not really to that point yeah, yet. Yeah. But I thought that that would be the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, he's going to say it. Here he comes. <laughs> it was like, we're going to hear what his voice. And I was just like, I was that guy. And it didn't. And it's not like I'm upset that that didn't happen. I'm it so just, glad it didn't happen. <laughs> I wanted it to so bad. And I still yeah. want it to happen. I'm but, so glad it didn't happen, personally. But, like, what are they going to do? Get, like, Frank Oz's grandson to come in and be the voice? <laughs> like, it doesn't. It's probably going to be, like, you know, Stephen Stanton, who does Tarkin and old Obi-Wan in Rebels or something. <laughs> like, 
they'll call or Dave Filoni will just pull out his chopper vibes and just, you know, he'll just be, I don't know. It'll be something or, or call up Freddie Prince jr. Sure. And have him, but be Grogu's voice. It'd be hilarious. It'd be ridiculous. It makes no sense, but it'd be awesome. It didn't matter. It just, I wanted it to be this moment. It wasn't, it's okay. Everything take, else is. I'll take the great music swelling over the, the, the speaking. Well, that's not really what I'm saying necessarily just in that moment. Like when they're just sitting there uh-huh. and they're calm. Okay. You know, they kind of like have that okay, moment. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want him to be like doing this, <laughs> you know, and be like, this is the way. Yeah. You know, I don't want him to be doing That's just cheesy. Like that's something out of a SpongeBob cartoon. That doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, he could be doing this and focused and great, but when he sat down, Sure. And he goes into that Qui-Gon Jinn-esque meditative moments. Okay, yeah. I want him to just kind of be like... This is this is what he should have done right here. He sat down and he went... Mm. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, what would have made that even better. <laughs> that no, guy I Gideon was. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if that was um, the first thing he says, man? Oh, man, I loved it, though. Just a, I, I just loved... a grunt. <laughs> I loved this scene though. Great stuff. Great ending of get the battle. I like that we get back yeah. to these three, the core of this season, working together to finish this thing off. So then, of course, we do kind of segue into the final moments of the episode where it's really laying the groundwork for what's to come. So the children of the Watch are at the living waters of Mandalore as Ragnar finishes taking the creed that was cut short in the premiere episode. I find it very interesting that there was zero indication of keeping his helmet on mentioned in this creed like it was in the premiere the armor was for sure gonna get that line in there it's nowhere alluded to here in these moments so maybe maybe the armor is getting to the point where you can be part of our creed but but maybe there's some exceptions as far as the helmet rule goes we'll see i think that's something again that we could dive deep into with our looking ahead and overall reaction and, and recap podcast coming out next week with zach but great moment. Love that. Love that full circle moment as far as this season goes. But then we get even better stuff here. Din Djarin sets Grogu down and requests for him to be added to the song. The armorer says he is too young to speak, so he is too young to take the creed. He must remain a foundling. Din Djarin asks if his parents gave permission. Could he not become a Mandalorian apprentice? The armorer responds by saying yes, but his parents are far from here if they are even alive. Din Djarin declares he will adopt Grogu as his own then. And then, of course, we get great dialogue from the armorer. Let it be written in song that Din Djarin is accepting this foundling as his son. You are now Din Grogu, Mandalorian apprentice. You must leave Mandalore and take your apprentice on his journeys, just as your teacher did for you. And of course, we end the scene with a great, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Loved this. Love this. I know people are going crazy about, why is it Din Grogu instead of Grogu Djarin? I don't care about that personally. I just love this. I, I love the fact that that Din Djarin wants Grogu to take the next step as far as his Mandalorian journey goes, though. I have to admit, you know, maybe the whole adoption thing didn't necessarily get me because I thought, you know, we've essentially already kind of done that. But it was just the naming of, you know, you're now a Mandalorian apprentice. You're now Din Grogu. 
all of that stuff really, really, really worked well for me. And another thing, we keep keep getting allusions to these songs of Mandalore. I need to start seeing some Mandalorian sing. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, give us some songs. Let, let's hear it. That's that's kind of lighthearted joke there. I don't really mean <laughs> that. I don't need to see an episode of songs and, and things like that. But I, I just love the dialogue here. What do you think of this moment? Okay, so I want to talk about the la- last name, first name thing. Okay. I know it's not like I-, I agree with you. It's not a big deal. But there are other countries in the world besides America, guys, that do the last name first, first name last. Okay, uh, just quick Google search: uh, France, Greece, Italy, Belgium. Uh, I also read somewhere else India. So, oh, and Japan. Okay, what? What is Mandalorian is based on two genres: samurai and western. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that samurai comes from Japan. So it's just given us this really cool cultural, you know, I don't want to say here's a bone, you know, sure. throw you a bone kind of thing. That's that's kind of underselling it. It's it's returning back to the roots of Mandalorian, of the show The Mandalorian. It's based on Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress, you know, all of these uh, Akira Kurosawa films and, and and concepts, you know, that he got from an American filmmaker named, uh, I believe, John Ford. <laughs> and so you get all this stuff and it's this melting pot. So the last name, first name thing shouldn't be a problem because there are other cultures in the world. And for us, I think it's very ignorant, culturally speaking, for someone to say, why is it his first name? Grogu. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter, you know. So is Din Jaren's name in America J- D- Jaren Din? Sure. Does it matter? Absolutely not. Nope. Am I still going to call him Din Jaren? Yep. Absolutely. You know how many coaches <laughs> I had growing up who called me Foster? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You know, like it's it's no big deal. So if that's a problem for you, all right, get you a straw and suck it up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Th- that's that's on the first name last name thing. And you mentioned the no helmet thing. I I think that. That goes back to the armorer telling her, hey, you walk both worlds. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's this going to be this point where initiates beyond Ragnar are going to be able to have this choice or this option. A choice to wear the helmet when they want. Don't wear the helmet when you want, you know, um, or not. Maybe it's just like, a, hey, you're a Mandalorian. You don't want to wear a helmet. No big deal. We do. We, we just feel like you need to. You know, it, it's not a big deal. Um you know, I just th- I think that's fine. It doesn't really bother me. Um, but I also think it's a cool, open-ended um, thing that we could re- we could explore again in the future. Yeah, and I definitely think we will. Definitely think we will. So we do again. We we kind of get more set up there with that. Next up, though, we definitely got to mention this. The Mythosaur is still shown to be awake as it bellows in better lighting to give us an even better look at it. I do believe it's important to note that the camera pans into the water as Grogu is looking into the water. So maybe that's foreshadowing. I definitely think it is personally. So I'm not sold on the fact that that it's going to be Bo-Katan being the one to tame that thing. It, It could very well still be Grogu. I know people at the beginning of the season were freaking out because people got to the point where, oh, maybe the Mandalorian really is, the the title of the show really is alluding to Grogu becoming that Mandalorian to kind of lead the way, which everyone lost their minds when Bo-Katan became that suddenly in the middle of the season. And now I feel like this is fuel to that fire yet again of if you feel like the Mandalorian has always been alluding to Grogu, in fact, Here's your here's your evidence, in my opinion, that that is still definitely a heavy 
and likely possibility as far as him looking into the water, getting that mythosaur. Loved seeing the mythosaur. Bummed, honestly, a little bummed that we didn't get in this episode. But I look forward to seeing that mythosaur in action eventually. It's got to be in action eventually, right? Yeah, because that's that's. there's no way that's not foreshadowing. And I just realized how much else we have to talk about, so I'll be quick. Um, <laughs> you know, you got, you got Grogu looking into the water, 1,000% foreshadowing. It goes right down into this watery pit where the mythosaur, uh, this side, hanging out, okay? You know, it, it, it's, it's going to happen, okay? But let's think about what Grogu has been doing for, I'll go four seasons, because let's count Book of Boba Fett. Sure, for, yeah. First season. He connects with a mud horn and lifts it in the air. Okay. And then fast forward to, I don't remember if it happened in season two, but in, in Book of Boba Fett, we've got him taming, calming the, the rancor. This season, uh, he definitely did it somewhere else. I can't remember. I don't remember. Well, there was something else. Well, him looking at the mythosaur is just a callback to him connecting with other um, Star Wars animals. Mm hmm. It's also a callback to Ezra, who who's showing up soon in Ahsoka, you know, and what is he able to do? Connect with animals, you know, wolves and loath cats and other things like that. So we're and, and Ray does this in Rise of Skywalker. We've really built this connection for the hardcore Star Wars animal lovers where you can reach out with the force and talk to or have a, a mutual understanding between you and a creature. I think Grogu's gonna tame the mythosaur because of that. Yeah, that'd be Ooh, cool. I, I'm sorry, I jumped into a prediction. I wasn't supposed to, but oh, that's fine. I think, actually, I think that that comes up. You know, I think that that is though what this. And you're right. I think people who who've been in that camp of the Mandalorian is about this one particular Mandalorian, but it's become a lot more than that. You know, yeah. we've just wrapped up a trilogy essentially, and that's what this is. This is this has been a trilogy with a side quest. Mm-hmm. If you count Book of Boba Fett, so now we're we're entering into um a new trilogy or a new saga or however you want to call it with din and and grogu so it's only a matter of time before that happens and we see him i think become now is he going to be the leader (laughs) i don't i don't think so i'd be shocked you know if that was the case i say that now we'll come back in three or four years (laughs) you know we'll see right right. but I, i think right now that's what they're getting to yeah i i def i definitely agree with you 100 percent well, we then cut to seeing the armor pass on a torch to Bo-Katan, who then ignites the Great Forge. Axe Wolves is seen being at the center of the frame as all the Mandalorians begin chanting for Mandalore. Absolutely love that. It gave me chills down the spine. Fan theory here, personally. I noticed, again, second watch, that Axe is side-by-side side with Ragnar, and I love the idea of Axe taking Ragnar under his wing in honor of his father, Paz. That would be so cool, and yet again, another reveal that these Mandalorians are all in about uniting and, and making sure that they bring this thing back the right way. But this Great Forge moment, again... I could have spent forever here. Like, this was just so, so cool to me. I would have loved even, like, a Bo-Katan speech here. Like, give Katie Sack off the floor for, like, two or three minutes and just give this rallying cry to, to 
announce essentially that we're back baby we've got this place we've done it now let's do it together that would have been cool but regardless just seeing that great forge igniting super cool super cool any thoughts any additional comments on that great forge moment you mentioned earlier this idea of not returning to the dome cities Mm-hmm. and and living kind of on the land i think yeah. them reigniting the forge is allowing us to kind of do best of both worlds or say no we're not done with the dome cities and we're going to use the resources we have and try to replenish those yeah. so i think that now we're that now we're getting into some weird like government like type <laughs> stuff and that's that's fine star wars does that but um i think that this primarily is just an awesome moment to watch those forge yes. li- those forges light up and for the armorer to kind of pass that on to Bo-Katan and then kind of have this, uh, oh, what did you call it earlier? This, um, I don't know, Mother Mandalorian thing? Oh, what did you, uh, yeah. um, Hand of the Queen. Hand of the Queen, yeah. So, like, I love that that bond that is being developed there mm-hmm. between them, and I hope that that continues. Me too. That, that, that me was too. the really biggest thing for me. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess it's still possible that the armor's a spy, but I really don't. I don't think it's possible anymore, actually. And I look forward to the fact that these no, two... No, not all... anymore. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to the fact that these two are going to be working together now. It's very exciting. So, again, wrapping up some more, teasing what's to come, potentially. Din Djarin and Grogu back on the N1, travel to the Adelphi New Republic base where Carson Teva is located. They are there on business as Carson Teva thanks Mando for taking out Moff Gideon. Din Djarin has a business proposition. He's a bounty hunter by trade, but now that Grogu is officially with him, he is planning to be more selective in his assignments. The New Republic doesn't have the resources to protect the Outer Rim, let alone hunt down Imperial remnants, and he needs work. Din Djarin essentially wants to work for the New Republic on a case-by-case basis as an independent contractor. Carson Tevis says this is against regulation and will never get approved, but he essentially agrees to keeping it on the down low. Din Djarin will work for the New Republic when it becomes needed, and the final moments of this scene, Din requests for the IG head, which he needs for parts, which of course sets up the final moments of this episode and of this season, but this here and again we will definitely dive into this next week because this moment tells you a lot about what to expect with a season four but i am so glad that it's heading in this direction it does seem like and i'll just say this to tease up next week seems like we might be getting back to some more roots regarding seeing din and grogu just doing some things and we're gonna have Carson Teva and it and the New Republic kind of in a mix in in a sense and essentially it sounds like instead of Rangers of the New Republic we're getting independent contractor of the New Republic so they're going to tell that story that got canned in this upcoming season potentially and I'm actually glad that it's that route because give me the the story centered on Mando and, and Grogu as much as possible so I'm stoked by this scene I absolutely loved it what were your takeaways here? All of that was great. The the setup for the cabin, just, you know, and all the stuff with Carson Teva, Dave Filoni's in the background doing his thing, yeah. which is always great. The IG head, just all of the helmets up there, lots of fun callbacks, uh, lots of little Easter eggs in there. So there, yeah. there's a lot of really good stuff. It definitely was going to set up 
um, the next seasons. I'll say seasons because mm. I mm. hope I'm hoping we can cram in a season five before Filoni's movie. Movie, mm. yeah. I like the idea of of doing uh, one saga and the cap off of that saga to be the movie. That'd be cool. You know, you know, people will go see it and not have a clue what's going on because that's what people do. Um, like, what's that weird movie? Go Man- Mandalorian. I heard about that. Is that that Baby Yoda thing. Okay, I'll go see. It. You know, they're <laughs> they're gonna do that. So, you know, I think that that's gonna be a good setup to get to that point. Hopefully, they'll do a season four and well, four's written. I know that. Yeah, uh, season four's five um, would be awesome. And then Filoni's movie would be cool. But maybe season five is Ahsoka. Maybe it's Skeleton Crew. You know, maybe maybe it's just this Mandoverse like we've been saying all along. Yeah, yeah ju- just as fine. My favorite stuff here, though, is when they get back to Navarro. Oh, definitely. 100%. I mean, just watching them in the cabin, being outside. I don't like, this is my one truly nitpicky thing about the episode, though. Oh, man, here we go. Okay. I do not like how the circle at the end. I don't. It felt like a cartoon. No. Okay. No, I see that. I see yeah, that. I, it felt like a cartoon. But for I, me, I so I was thriving in this moment. And, and I think this is something that I told you off the show. So this may be new information on the podcast. Something that I was really missing for this season was the Western vibes of season one. That like, does give up. That a, just yeah, wasn't yeah. there. And you I felt like that. that circular thing there at the end. I've seen Westerns do that. So I was yeah. like, give me all of this, baby. I, We're back. I, I see what I see what you're saying. I, I like that. Uh, I guess for I like it for you. How about that? Okay, thanks, man. Like, Thank you. I, don't, I don't I don't like it for me because it does yeah. feel like a cartoon. Uh-huh. You're right. Westerns in that way. Um, and that's fine, I guess, if that's what mm-hmm. you like. It just immediately I was like, OK, it kind of took me out. Right. Okay. Like I've heard people say that the helicopter. At least it shot, took you out on the out shot. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it brought me back to reality. That's what they said. They're like, they're gonna have no idea what to do with their lives. Bring them back to reality. Do the circle cut. You know, the, the circle close. You know, that, that, that I get it. You know, maybe that's yeah. obviously they didn't do that. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's my one nitpicky thing. Okay. Um, but fair. I love I fair. love that. Now I do want to say one thing about IG Eleven. Hey, he's back. So he's back, IG, so he's the marshal, marshal of so Navarro now. IG twelve, gone, gone. It never even mattered in the first place. Nope. So my my rant, rant. last week, cut Irrelevant. short, <laughs> like all of them. But <laughs> here's the thing, though. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people picked up on this, but um, they slowly killed off Cara Dune through this whole season. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. Potentially, no, 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 no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. In the first episode. I think it was Din asked Grief Cargo, where right. where's Marshall Dune? Oh, she was transporting Gideon. Right, but that's but Grief reveals that she got a new job before Gideon got transported. Mm. Like she's got a different job within the New Republic. See, I didn't understand it that way. I understood it that she okay. transported Gideon off. Maybe Ooh. I missed that well, may be something to talk about with, with Zach. May, we'll see. I may have missed something, <laughs> but I want to just go ahead and say how I think if I understand correctly, okay, okay, yeah. I'm I may have missed this. I I may need to go back, but if they are in fact trying to kill, like officially kill her off, okay, because they they obviously are not going to return to uh, Gina Carano. We all we all know that debacle. We all know how that went went, okay. But that's mentioned. Then we see the abandoned cruiser, and then IG Eleven becoming the marshal like solidifies it. 
Mm. You know, if that is how I, if if I understood that correctly. So I I just think that that's something that uh, um, for, it doesn't matter which side of the argument you're on closure, I think is necessary for a character who was there for probably one of the biggest moments in star Wars, which was Luke Skywalker taking Grogu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's important for that closure. You know, we got that kind of we got that closure with Casca. We got that closure with Bo Katan. We got that closure with Moff Gideon. We got that closure with Din, and we got that closure with uh, Fennec Shand. Mm-hmm. So we we Cara Dune deser- the character deserves that closure. I think that this is something that they're attempting to do. Again, sure, providing I understood that correctly. Yeah, I mean, well, regardless if if the character is alive or not, I do think that that is in fact closure on the character itself. Um, but again, maybe something w- that we should revisit uh, next week because hopefully my plan is to to get a watch. I don't know if this is going to happen. To get a watch of every episode this season before yeah. before uh, we have you and Zach come back on to, to kind of just talk about everything more so just open-ended. I can't wait for that, but but maybe that's something that's definitely going to come up. But I do have to say just, just one final time, if I didn't make it clear, this cabin shot, was so cool. And I loved the the Book of Boba Fett connection with Grogu lifting the the frog and and having that moment. Just just so good. It it, it just felt like okay, we're turning the page. Like we've been dealing with this massive story and the start of the next season looks like it could be small, but then with this new Republic connection could get bigger yet again. Like I'm just loving what they're potentially setting up and I can't wait to speculate responsibly regarding those things um, with you, DJ, and with Zach next week. But there's our breakdown. I mean, we ran through it all. We hit literally every single thing. So we've we've officially broken down every single episode of season three of The Mandalorian, and now the depression kicks in. One thousand percent. Because we what, don't have. Which show are you rewatching next? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, we do have. Before we close this thing out, and of course, we still have our massive announcement. We do have our Mando Messenger segment that we need to hit here real quickly regarding talking to our Twitter family here. So, of course, we have our polls. We've had them all throughout the season. This one, the winner of the poll, as far as how would you rate this episode of The Mandalorian? Nine out of ten, great. Got forty forty point nine percent of the vote 7.9 good got 38 percent five through six okay got 16.8 percent and one through four bad got 4.4 percent so it was great to see the top half of those categories getting the majority of the vote seems like across the board there was stuff to love regarding this episode so let's now hear from you guys you're the great listeners you people have been riding with us throughout this entire season and i'm so 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 appreciative of that if i haven't made that clear so let's make sure that we get y'all on this final breakdown episode so let's kick this off with ginger jesus who says seven and expands on it by saying, I didn't like the Darksaber thing. It bugs me, and I don't agree with most people's opinions of it. Also thought it was pure Beskar, so how did Alloy break that? I hope it's repaired. So definitely something that me and you, DJ, alluded to. We definitely talked about that one. I'm Yeah, I am slightly bummed. I do still believe, I do still strongly believe here that the plot movement worked for me. Maybe the pinching and the crushing of it, maybe that part didn't, though. 1,000%. Next up here, we got Boba Fett. Boba Fett, he's showing up. 
What? Boba Fett? Where? Boba Fett says six because there was no Boba. Okay. I probably would have said that if you had asked me, like, premiere episode or maybe the second week of the show. But it became very clear to me early on that Boba Fett had no place in this story for me personally. How do you feel about that, DJ? Six because there's no Boba. We all know that you truly rated this an eight. (laughs) You know, know, we we all know. We all know. That's, That's fair. That's fair. All right. DJ Armando, lackluster, rushed, and way too short. And I I respect that opinion. I really do. I respect the opinion of it being too short. I am a little surprised by the, the lackluster wording, though, there. Like, I do feel like we were very well pleased, at least here. I, I felt great. I didn't feel like it was lackluster. I really enjoyed this finale. But, uh, you know, it's it's okay if you didn't feel that way, DJ Armando. It's all good. It's all good if this finale didn't work for you to he that does, level. He doesn't speak for all the DJs. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> of course. Of course. All right. Chris Hughes says, awesome. They put images on that screen that I have imagined for over 30 years. Yeah, 1,000%. It's just full-on action-packed goodies, action figures. You, you're, you're, you're in your room. You're outside. You've got your action figures. You've got them going at each other. Yeah, it's 1,000% what we've always imagined as kids. Well, let's continue here. Blue Jedi says, 11, fan-bloody-tastic. I love that you loved this episode that much. Sounds like Blue Jedi, because I've heard from you several times this season. Maybe this is your favorite of the season, and I'm thrilled that it felt that way to you. Continuing here from Blue Jedi, there were some up and downs over the season, but overall, it's my favorite one. Change in the narrative meant it wasn't a simple quest plot relying on fan service cameos. It was character-based. Seen stuff I never thought we would in my life. Live-action Mandalore, outstanding. You know what, Blue Jedi? That tweet is probably, like, our main focus, potentially, as far as the season as a whole, with Zach coming back on next week's podcast episode. So, I'll digress for the overall season opinions at the moment, but I'm so thrilled that you feel like this one's your favorite. We may do like, you know, some personal what's our favorite of the three seasons so far. We may do that next week. That's a great idea to I already know to my do. answer. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll I already we'll know. Come next back week. next week. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Sitton. I loved it when Din told Grogu to be brave. He's such a dad. Yes, love that dad energy moment. Jessica continues by saying, I liked it. I wish I hadn't read all the fan theories because I was I kept waiting for another big death other than Moff, but I liked it. I'm wondering if the, if they filmed it before Season 4 was given a green light. It works perfectly for a series finale, but leaves the door open. Yeah, I do think they knew Season 4 was coming, Jessica. I think they've known that f- Season 4 was coming, even while they were shooting. I just think that The Mandalorian loves doing these kind of, like, this is a great, happy ending at the moment. But then they'll they'll come up with a way to to open it. And yeah, they even here they they have a way for the door to to reopen. Jessica continues, I was kinda hoping he'd rule it with Bo, as Bo could be Grogu's mom, but that's just me. So I'm assuming this is talking about Mandalore. I noticed how Grogu was looking in the water. I'm wondering if the Mythosaur will be a season four thing or not. I was hoping for a spy reveal. For me, I'm glad there wasn't a spy reveal. Uh, we've kind of talked about that here. And yes, one thousand percent season four Mythosaur. It's coming. It's coming. And we'll talk about that maybe next week more so as well. And Jessica says, favorite part was hearing Grogu being adopted. Loved that. I'm curious to see if John and Dave have heard what fans have had to say this season and maybe tweak something for the next season. I'm excited to see what comes next. I love Mando always, even if the season has bumps. Go Din and Grogu. 
that was a perfect, perfect summarizing there, Jessica. I can't wait to continue to get some more things. And yeah, I'm sure John and Dave have listened a little bit. I mean, they're always, they're creators. They are trying to see how the fans are reacting to things. So I'm sure that they've heard some of the, the some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the critiques, all of those things. All right, final messages here come from Gabby. I'd like the finale for what it is to come, but as a finale for the season, it was too short and lacked emotional impact. No mourning for Paz, the Darksaber and Gideon's destruction felt weightless. I wish Mandalore as a whole was explored so there was emotional impact. Din was a great vehicle to explore the other factions because he knew as little as we did, but instead we got the same arc for Bo-Katan for the third time, and so many developments were so rushed, like the armor accepting Bo that people thought that she was sketchy, and why wouldn't they? She called Bo a cautionary tale in Book of Boba Fett. I forgot all about that, if I'm being completely honest. And now simply accepts her because she bathed in water? Question mark? While I like the season, or I like that the season left us in a clean slate for Din and Grogu, I wish it wasn't at the expense of exploring Mandalore as a culture. They simply just rushed through recall claiming it. I don't know why they thought we weren't interested in Mandalore or its people. Din could have learned to care about the planet along us. Gabby, I don't think we're done with that stuff, though. And and I I understand why you feel that way. Like, I'm with you. We could have spent way more time mourning the loss of Paz, getting a sense of what it's like to reclaim Mandalore, how these Mandalorians are feeling in this moment, all of these different things. I totally get all of that stuff. But I think that stuff's still yet to come. And again, I know I, I know we keep saying this, but I, I've got some ideas that I'm going to present next week that, that might make you feel better, Gabby, that might make you feel better about getting those Mandalore things and maybe even Morning for Paz could come along with it, stuff like that. Definitely, we've talked about it. This episode could have been a good hour. Good hour, hour 10 long and really dive into that. But maybe they still have that planned. And maybe going back to, to what Jessica said, maybe John and Dave will take this, take a note. Hey, they want more Mandalore. Let's give it to them. So we'll definitely see. But thank you so much. Every single one of those people that have tweeted us there, like I said, have been riding with us all season, have been sending in those feedbacks, sending in those messages. Some of them loved episodes. Some of them disliked some episodes. But we always have a respectable respectable conversation. That's what we do here at Mando Talk. So yet again, thank you, thank you, thank you. But that wraps up officially our companion podcasts for the episode content as far as the Mandalorian releasing. But of course, we've teased it so many times. Come back next week for Zach Horvath and DJ coming on the show to give our overall thoughts, opinions, reflections about the season as a whole and also turn the page into what's next for the Star Wars franchise, maybe with Ahsoka, but also focused on the Mandalorian season four. But the fact that Zach, and here comes our announcement, the fact that Zach is coming back on next week's episode is definitely not the only reason you should check out next week's episode. I'm going to pass it over to you, DJ. 
I'm gonna pass it over to you, DJ, to explain to our lovely people because I think it's only it's only right for it to come from you. I don't want to try to put any words in your mouth or anything like that. Explain to the people out there why they should definitely check out next week's episode as long as well as Zach coming back on. Go. I ahead. really didn't. I really didn't want to. Um, truth. Okay, so yeah, I've been a part of Mando Talk since uh, early 2021. Um, give or take, I won a contest. <laughs> And most of our hardcore listeners know that I won this hat and this, this shirt uh, as a part of that contest to be on the show as a guest and was off and on for a few months and then showed up at the end of bad batch season one and have been a regular since then. Yes, you have. Yeah. Only reason I haven't been so much lately is I just got a lot going on in life. Nothing bad. Just, you know, I love doing Mando talk, but you know, other things take precedence and you can't be here all the time. And I think anybody would understand that, but now things are getting to a point where I, my, my, my professional and personal life are just so busy. True. True. And that is a fact. I've talked to Caleb about this. He's not mad. I don't think. No, he's not <laughs> no I'm not mad, but um, mad. I have, I have to step away from Mando talk as a regular. Um, which bums me out. I'm going to be real honest. Like, listen, I wear this hat all the time. <laughs> I don't wear this shirt a lot because I don't want to mess it up. You know, I have the Funko pop still that you gave me, uh, Caleb. And, and it wasn't just you at the time. It was a group of y'all. And so I hate that, you know, I have to step away, but next week will be my last time on Mando talk as a regular, which again, I'm bummed about, and a little bit, a little bit sad, a lot of bit sad. And I don't, I don't want to step away, but we all know that there's a time when reality has to be sure. a little more important. And I will say that the best thing that's come out of this has been my friendship with Caleb. And he knows this. I've said this to him. Caleb has truly become one of my best friends in the world through doing this. And, and I've told him this, I've admitted this to him and, you know, I, I've invited him to Texas more times than I can count. <laughs> He's invited me to Tennessee more times than I can count. It's just, and what sucks is I have flown over Tennessee twice <laughs> since, since I've been on this show and I still haven't even gotten to be in, in your area once and vice yeah. versa. And so, and I was low key hoping that like star Wars celebration 2025 would be announced for Texas or oh, Tennessee. Yeah, that'd have been that wild. was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, so that would have been, that would have been great. It's it's not a big deal. It is, but it isn't. And and so to ne next week, if you've ever enjoyed listening to, we've done one episode before where me, Zach, and Caleb were on together. Yeah, it was and an Andor. Wasn't it was, it an, was like a it was Andor an Andor episode, episode. Yeah. and it was such a fun episode. It was a very incredible episode. It was a little longer, kind of like this one. Yeah, like this one. And and you can probably expect next week too. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. But but the this episode I I didn't hold back because I knew this is one of the last ones. And next week I'm not holding back, you know, and no. And it's going to be a lot of fun to come hear that conversation because not because it's my last time, but because really it's because of Zach. I'm going to be real honest. Zach has got this. Caleb's our host. I'm, I'm like chaotic. Good. Zach's chaotic, bad. Uh, Caleb's chaotic <laughs> neutral. So it's like this, it's yin yang and ying. I don't know what sure. that means, but yeah. you know, yeah, I'm following, I'm following. <laughs> and so it's going to be a lot of fun to have that conversation. So, so please come check it out. Not because 
you, you should anyway, but just come check it out. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun and it'll be, it's my, 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 what is it? Like a, some, I keep thinking fast and furious, like one last ride or something, <laughs> ride. something ridiculous that I'm supposed to yeah. say, but well, I, you know, that it's not the last time. Right. And and that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, you're just not going to be on regularly. Like I'm yeah. sure there'll be times where, where we, we, we text and we say, hey, man, you got to come on the pod for this one. Yeah. Maybe like Ahsoka pr- premiere episode or like Ahsoka finale. Like it's just such a banger that we're like, okay, you're coming on. We, we got to do this. Yeah, talk and, about I, this and I've, I've texted you when I, w- I had like some off-season time. I texted you. I was like, okay, I got to get on because this is too good. <laughs> right. And, and I don't even remember what it was. I, th- I think it was a trailer. I was like, we got to talk about this trailer, whatever whatever it was. So, yeah. um, you know, that those those times will still happen. For sure. Is, you know, those those it's times just, will still happen. They'll be more cherished. And, think, and the, yes. the viewers, the listeners, you'll have it's, more to look forward to. It's like whenever you have an opportunity to see A New Hope in a theater. Right, yeah. It's it's that good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. When I'm absolutely. on with... When I'm <laughs> it's on the equivalent. Talk. It's equivalent. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so, I do want to say, of course, DJ, yeah. I, I personally greatly appreciate everything you've done as far as Mando Talk goes. You'll definitely obviously be missed on a week-to-week basis or, or every every other week-to basis or just on an every single episode basis is, is what I'm trying to say. But Mando Talk, I do want to just make it clear, will continue. We'll continue to crank out great content. And it's going to be great to have DJ pop on when he can, Zach to pop on when he can, just anybody and everybody, really. Uh, so don't, if you're listening, don't think, oh man, Mando Talk is just hitting hitting the poop here. <laughs> nope. No, Nay-nay. no, no. That's not happening. It's just, you know, it, it won't be as frequent. Definitely not as frequent that me and DJ are on at the same time. But it, it creates those A New Hope back in theater moments, baby. There you when go. It does happen. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> well, there you go. There's our big announcement. Just we wanted to make sure that you knew about that going into next week's podcast episode with it being the final episode that we do covering the Mandalorian season three. And also, I'll probably in next week's episode kind of give you a, a clear direction of what's to come regarding Mando talk as we're gearing up. For Ahsoka, I guess. Ahsoka is going to be the next thing that we're going to need to cover heavily here at Mando Talk on this podcast. And I can't wait to continue to do that. Can't wait to continue to have this great listenership that just built like crazy this season. Again, thank you so much for that. But yeah, good times have passed. Great times have passed. But even better times will 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 continue. Will continue on. But DJ appreciate you appreciate everything that that you've done so we'll go ahead close this thing out dj final words to say regarding the episode the announcement some plugs uh anything on a personal level before we officially get this thing done which might be that we might be doing our longest episode yet with with this one so so let's close this out (laughs) um just again thank you everybody i you know gained quite a, a fun you know, group of people to talk with online a lot through, uh, Mando talk. And my personal Twitter account grew a lot from that. Um, that was never the goal. 
but the goal was just to talk Star Wars, and Caleb thankfully was like, "Yeah, you're nerdy enough to talk do that." Star Wars, we did, <laughs> and oh, big time, and we're not done, of course. So thank you for that. Yes, you know, Mando talk will continue. I will pop in and out here and there, and I'll be like a groundhog. I'll just kind of you know, do my thing, but Fair. Uh, or or Bugs Bunny, however you want to look at it, whatever. And I'll be around, and so that that's great. As far as you know, personal, I, I've kind of said it. You know, to those of you who've been here for a while and have listened to me, thank you so much. Continue listening to Caleb and whoever else may come on the show. He's got great connections across the fandom, so he can always bring anybody in um besides me and there's probably guys and, and girls out there who are way better at this than me so you know <laughs> caleb will find them and they'll they'll be like who's dj you know <laughs> um and that's ultimately what i would like to see is someone do it better than me um and so hopefully that will happen i i, I very genuinely think it will and um as far as plugs go i've said it the last few episodes i have another podcast um do it occasionally with some buddies it's one of those things that's like we do it as often as we can um and it's it's called cinematic theology um you can go check out you know my i got a link tree code in my twitter page it's on there so you want to go figure out how to listen to that you can but other than that that is all i have to say um about that all right well this is the this is the way this is the way this is the way i can't wait for next week it's going to be a great conversation i can't wait for watching this season yet again overall overall very fun finale can't wait to talk about it some more with all of you lovely people out there thank you so much for listening thank you so much for checking us out rate us those five stars share us subscribe follow all of those great great awesome things make sure you do it for us and let's officially get out of here with this we have spoken